Welcome. My name is Dr. Jonathan Vorse, and thank you for downloading our podcast today on Working the Word. Make sure you hit that subscribe button to receive new podcasts every week. Thank you for your support at jvorse.org and enjoy the message today. So we started the Daniel fast uh, with the church January the 2nd through January the 22nd. And um, so I've had a lot of questions about it. We've done it through the years. We didn't do it last year, but we've done it several years before. Had a lot of questions about it. So uh, I began to feel the leading in the direction of the Lord just to do a couple of three messages on fasting uh, and so today's the first message on that, and what we're going to do today is we're actually going to talk about the Daniel fast. Uh, let me s- make sure this is set like it's supposed to be because it's not wanting to. There we go. All right, the Daniel fast. So I told my mother and father-in-law, I said, we've got some people that's been fasting. I'm going to put this up there, and everybody's going to get really hungry on the first side slide Uh, of the message today. All right, so we're going to talk about that today. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you today. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the instruction that we receive through your word. I pray that your blessing would be upon us as we talk about this. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would inspire, that you would encourage, that you would instruct. And we just give you praise for that, Lord, and we give you honor in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Mark, can you come move this uh, table just... Well, never mind, I got it. I'll just put it right over here like this. There we go. All right, what is the Daniel fast? I was talking to my mother about this yesterday, and, uh, and uh, she was talking to me about it, and she had heard the term a lot, just like a lot of people had. But uh, my dad and I were talking with her and told her, well, it's what Daniel did. The Bible teaches us that Daniel did this, and so... Uh, We're going to talk about what that is here in just a few moments. But before we do, I want to talk a little bit about the benefits of fasting. Now, we're going to have a whole message on this in about two weeks. But I want to take you into the Scripture in Mark chapter 9 and start there today. And uh, we're going to read verses 14 through 29 and work our way through that for just a few minutes. And then we're going to talk about the power of prayer and fasting. The Bible said, when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And Jesus asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you for he has a spirit that makes him mute. In the King James Version, the Bible says that he was dumb. That means he was mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able. So this tells me that they tried. They tried. They tried to get him free. They tried to cast him out. You know, some things we try to counsel out that just needs to be cast out. Oh, hello, shouldn't have said that, but that's the truth. Well, I need to go to counseling. No, you need deliverance. There's some people that just need to be delivered. Now, there's some things we need to counsel and help people so they can think right, but there are other things that we try to... You can't counsel the devil out of someone. You can appease the devil, but you can't counsel him out. He has to be cast out, okay? 
Jesus answered, He said, O faithless generation, how long am I with you to be with you? And how long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. Now Jesus immediately attributed this to a lack of faith. Now the Bible teaches us that there are different levels of faith. In one place in the scripture, the Bible said that God has given to every man a measure of faith. So all of us have a measure. There's another place where Jesus said, O ye of little faith. And so we see that as a measure. There's another place where Jesus said, I've not seen such great faith, no, not in Israel. So there's another place in the scripture where Jesus talks about great faith. So God gives to every single person a measure of faith. Is it a little? Is it a lot? I don't know, but God gives to every person a measure of faith. Now we have the choice what we're going to do with that faith. Are we going to grow it? Are we going to let it lay dormant? Are we going to deny that it's there? What are we going to do with that measure of faith that the Lord has given us? And so we have the responsibility to grow the faith that God has given us. How does faith grow? Faith grows by immersing yourself in the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we fill our atmospheres full of the Word of God, our faith is growing. When we fill our atmospheres full of other things, our faith is not growing. So Jesus immediately attributed this to a faithless generation. He said, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you and how long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. They brought the boy to Jesus and when the Spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. He fell on the ground, rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And the father said, since he was a child. And it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, Jesus, have compassion on us and help us. And look at what Jesus said. If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. In the King James Version, the Bible says, If you will believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Now, I want you to notice something here, okay? Jesus was telling the father of the child that he has the responsibility to believe for the son. Sometimes people wonder why things happen to their children. Well, how come the angels didn't protect them? How come somebody didn't protect them? How come these bad things didn't, you know? Well, it's the father's responsibility to cover the children. Are you listening to me, dads? It's your responsibility to raise your children. It's your responsibility to pray over your children. It's your responsibility to spiritually cover your children. It's not God's responsibility. He gave that. He delegated that responsibility to you. So you have the responsibility. And when that breaks down, then the child is vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. So Jesus told this father, He said, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So He was telling the father, You believe for your boy, and your boy will get made uh, will be healed. And he looked at Jesus and he said, I believe. And then he said, Lord, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. Notice that Jesus addressed the spirit. 
he, Jesus didn't say, Jesus didn't say, whatever reason it is that he's not able to talk and whatever reason it is that he's not able to hear, we just come against it in the name of Jesus. No, Jesus called out that demon. He called out that devil. He said, you deaf and dumb spirit, come out of him in Jesus' name. You have authority like that. You, the spirit-filled child of God has authority over the work of the enemy. Well, I've never seen it. Well, how long has it been since you've seen someone actually try to exercise the authority that they have in God? If the spirit-filled church doesn't try, then there can be no deliverance. So we have to take the place that God has given us. We have to take the authority that God has given us and we have to grow into that place of power and into that place of anointing. We have to grow into that place and exercise the authority that God has given us and tell the devil the party's over. You can't party in my head anymore. You can't party in my friends' heads anymore. I'm not going to let you have that party with my children anymore. I'm covering my children in the name of Jesus. They're covered in Jesus' name. So then the Bible says, after crying out and convulsing terribly, that spirit came out and the boy was like a corpse so that most of them said, he is dead. Now the skeptic would say, well, if he was going to set him free, then how come he let that spirit tear him? Well, let me tell you something. There's always going to be skeptics. There's always going to be people standing over in the corner with the devil whispering in their ear saying this and that to try to make them skeptical. The bottom line is this. That boy got free. And whether he, whether he was torn or convulsed or whatever, when he was set free is really beside the point. The boy's free and he's glad to be free and the father's glad to have him free and those around is glad to have him free. So he was free. Hallelujah. He was made free. Then the Bible said, Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he entered into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast it out? And Jesus said, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. We called a Daniel fast. Back in December, we started talking about it. We were talking about how that we were going to do it corporately as a body of Christ. And so I want to tell you that there is power in fasting and prayer. Now, if you're fasting without praying, you're just dieting. Hello? You're going to lose some weight. You're probably going to feel a little bit better physically and whatnot. But if you're not adding prayer to the fasting... You're just dieting. Jesus said, This kind cometh not out but through prayer and fasting. Now, there's several types of fast. There's three-day fast. There's eight-day fast. There's 10-day fast. There's 14-day fast. There's 28-day fast. There's 40-day fast. There's fasting where people fast everything except water. There's fasting where uh, people do what we call a Daniel fast, which is what we're going to talk about. Uh, and we're going to show you what, what the biblical uh, parameters are for the Daniel fast. Some people uh, fast social media. Some people uh, fast the news. <laughs> Some pe- There's just all kinds of things to fast. All right? But the kinds of fast that we find in the Bible are Daniel fast and full fast. 
All right? We don't find a social media fast in the Bible. We don't find a news fast in the Bible. You know, we don't find those kinds of fast. But fasting is the suppression of the flesh so the spirit can rise and live and flourish in the presence of God and in, in, in our everyday lives. And so whatever suppresses the flesh, whatever the flesh is desiring, when we say no to the flesh and we say yes to the spirit, then we have entered into the activity of fasting and God will meet us at whatever level we have chosen. So prayer and fasting, Jesus said, this kind goeth not out but through prayer and fasting. And so I just want to make sure that prayer is in one hand, fasting is in the other, and it takes both of them in order to produce the power that we're talking about here today. So Daniel fast defined, we find this in Daniel chapter 10 and verse number 3. Daniel was in Babylonian captivity. He was suffering in Babylonian captivity. He was wanting God to set the children of Israel free. He was wanting to be set free. So he took 21 days, and in Daniel chapter 10 and verse number 3, and this is where they get the criteria for, or the model for the Daniel fast, what they call the Daniel fast. Daniel 10 and 3, he said, I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. So that's Daniel chapter 10 and verse number 3. That is... The criteria for it. So let's break it down just a little bit. I ate no pleasant food, meat, or wine. So he had no sugars. He had no desserts. He had no meat. He had no wine. Didn't have carbs. Didn't have any of those things. So the bottom line is he couldn't have a cheeseburger. He couldn't have little Debbie cakes. Hello. He couldn't have the Christmas candy that was made. He had to go down a different aisle at the grocery store than the one that had the cookies so he wouldn't be tempted. He ate no pleasant food. He had no meat, no kind of meat at all. No meat. He didn't have, he didn't have steaks. He didn't have ribeyes. He didn't have, uh, I don't know what they had back then. He didn't have lamb chops. He didn't have any of that stuff. So he didn't have any pleasant food, no meat, wine, came into his mouth. And then he said nor did I anoint myself at all, and that anoint myself is he did not pamper his flesh at all. I don't think he got a massage when he was fasting. He wasn't pampering his flesh. He wasn't getting facials. I, come on, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm giving you things to think about. I'm not saying don't do this. I'm just giving you things to think about, okay? He probably didn't get his nails done. Well, he probably never got his nails done, but... <laughs> You understand what I'm saying. I mean, as someone who pays to get people's nails done, you know. So, but he probably didn't do it because he wasn't pampering his flesh. He wasn't, he wasn't focused on anything that was pleasing to the flesh. He said, for three whole weeks, for 21 days, for three whole weeks, I'm not going to pamper my flesh at all. I'm not going to give it the food that it wants. I'm not going to give it the drink that it wants. I'm not even going to let it... I uh, have that thing uh, that we have when we're married in the marital bedroom. In fact, the Bible says when we do that, that if you're in agreement with that, that you don't do that either. And then afterwards you come back together unless you be tempted because of your inconsistency. I'm leaving that there. But you don't do anything that's pleasing to the flesh when you're fasting. Because the whole point of fasting is to push the flesh down into submission to the Spirit. 
All right? Now, this was prophesied. In Matthew chapter 9, in verse number 15, the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and they will fast. This was talking about the ascension of the Lord. This is Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 15. And the Bible said that the bridegroom was taken away and he will return. But during the time of waiting, we will fast. Fasting is preparation for the anointing. This life that we're living in the presence of God is dress rehearsal for eternity. We're going to live in the presence of God. And when we get to heaven, we're not going to sit around on clouds and grow little wings and become little cherubims and, uh, and, and just sit around and say, holy, 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 holy. You know what Kenneth Copeland said? He said, I've already had a talk with the Lord. I'm going to drive his personal chariot across the galaxies. I don't, I don't know. But anyways, we're not just going to sit and do nothing. When we get to heaven, this earth is dress rehearsal for what's to come. But when, while we're waiting on him, while we're waiting on him to come back and take us home, then the Bible said that we would fast. And so Jesus went to heaven. He said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. He sent the Holy Spirit. When he sent the Holy Spirit, he said, he will abide with you forever. And through the Holy Spirit, the Bible said, you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Why will we receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon us? Because in the, in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, when the Holy Ghost comes upon us, the next step is the Holy Ghost comes in us. On the old, in the Old Testament, the Holy Ghost came upon people. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit comes upon and then comes into and then flows out of. Okay? So you receive power after that. Power comes through fasting and through prayer and through the activity of the Holy Spirit. The power of God uh, comes that way. So the Bible said that they will fast. So now let's talk about the proper fasting conduct. I've got this in the English Standard Version because I thought it might be a little easier for us to understand. When you fast, don't look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. So you show up to work on Monday morning and you're walking in and you're dragging in and, and people say, well, what's wrong with you? Well, the pastor called a fast. <laughs> you just got your reward. That's not the reward you're after. You're not after the reward of personal recognition. That's what your flesh wants. Your flesh wants personal recognition. And so what your flesh will do is it'll disfigure its face and it'll just come, oh, somebody feel sorry for me. Oh, feel sorry for me. Why? Because I can't have a cheeseburger for 21 days. No cheeseburgers. I can't have no cookies. I can't even have a Coca-Cola. That was just your flesh that went as it was dying. <laughs> but if that's the way you are, then you're receiving your reward. That's not the reward you're after. That's not what you want. The Bible said when you fast, don't look gloomy like the hypocrites. They disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Oh, I'm so spiritual. I'm fasting. I'm just doing all this fasting. I'm so spiritual. Oh, somebody come to me. Let me prophesy to you. I'm so spiritual. No, 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 no. You're arrogant. And that spirit needs to die. 
Pride comes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. Fasting will take that out of you. It'll take it out of you. But when you fast, on the contrary, anoint your head and wash your face. In other words, practice good hygiene. Brush your teeth. You know, where when you walk into work, nobody even knows you're fasting. It's a great time of the year to just tell them, you know, I'm just going to cut some Cokes and some stuff like that out of, my, out of my diet for a while just to see how I feel and things like that and just trying a little something here. And So you don't have to tell them, well, you know, I'm not drinking Coke because I'm fasting. No, 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 no. When you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but your Father who is in secret. Now, here's the reward you're after. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. That's the reward you want. Okay, let me back up. You can have this reward where you're seen of people and and the Bible said that you're seed of others, and the Bible said you have your reward, or you can have this reward, the Father's reward for you. That's the reward I want. I don't want other people to give me the reward. I want to receive the reward that God has for me. The reward that God has for me is far above anything that anyone could ever... God knows what I need and God knows what I want and God knows the desires of my heart. God knows things about me that other people don't know that other people will never know. God knows and God knows exactly what I need. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, go ahead. I'll receive your reward. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to anoint my head. In other words, I'm going to fix my hair. I'm going to wash my face. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to dress up. I'm going to walk into work and I'm going to say, well, praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let's all rejoice and be glad in it. You don't walk in, oh, I couldn't have my coffee today. So I don't start working until my coffee does and my coffee ain't going to be here for 21 days. That don't work. That don't work. That's your reward. Don't do that. Just say, you know what? This is the day the Lord has made. Let's have a good time today. Let's be productive today. Let's have a great time. So that's the proper conduct for fasting. Fasting is spiritual conditioning for the soul. Spiritual conditioning for the soul. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 25 through 27. Here's what the Bible says. Every athlete in the Amplified who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. They do it to win a wreath, that will soon wither, but we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. So the Bible takes fasting and compares it to an athlete in training. Fasting is spiritual conditioning for your soul. You are in a process where you are preparing your soul... Listen very closely. You're in the process, when you're fasting, you're in the process of preparing your soul, listen, for the reward of the Lord. There are some things that you cannot receive if you do not fast. 
and pray. So fasting is spiritual conditioning. You're conditioning your soul to receive the reward of the Lord, that which God knows that you need and that which He has prepared for you and you are in this process of spiritual conditioning and you're doing it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. Therefore, I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. What does that mean? That means when I'm fasting and when I'm praying that I need to be aiming at something. I need to know why I'm doing it. You got to have a list. Lord, this is what I'm believing you for. One of the things that's on my list is I just, you know, I love this church. I love everybody in this church. And, and, and over the last 10 years, and by the way, this is the beginning of our 10th year here. I mean, well, in May, it'll be 10 years that we've been pastoring this church. And so for 10 years, we've watched this church grow and shrink, grow and shrink, grow and shrink. We've done two services, three services. We're thinking about maybe going to another service. I don't know again. But the thing about it is, is the, the problem that we've always had is we grow and we get full and then people get weary and they leave. And so it grows and shrinks and grows and shrinks. And I just love everybody and I want everybody to be together. So I'm believing God for a bigger building. That's on my list. And I know the building God wants us to have, the building God wanted us to have six years ago is the building that some of you all have fought, but it's still what God said. God said the building on Little Road is our building. I'm not giving up on what God said. I'm believing for it, trusting for it. Donna's going to make a call this week and see if they're ready to talk again. Because it just keeps sitting there. Hallelujah. Well, I've got a name. I have a reason, a definite aim. There's personal things that I'm joining with my family about and fasting for that are private. There's financial things that my wife and I are believing God for and trusting God for. Listen, fasting and prayer works. So about four or five months ago, my wife and I uh, were talking and I was belly aching. How many of you know what belly aching is? Griping and complaining. That's not good. But I'm just, you know, I'm just honest. And, and that's what I was doing. I miss our timeshare. I wish we had our timeshare. I want our timeshare. I mean, because when Donna was working, and she quit working about four or five years ago, our income, our personal income, she made really good money. And I can tell you now, because it's been four or five years, but our personal income dropped about $100,000 a year. Well, Donna made good money. And we were grateful for it. We were thankful for it. And uh, that income dropped and we had to make some adjustments. And one of the adjustments that we had to make is I had to call the timeshare company and I had to say, can you put us on your resale list? Because we can't afford to make these payments anymore and 
all of that, and so we did. But that timeshare, I liked it because it was hour and a half away, hour and 45 minutes away, and if I got overwhelmed ministering to you all, I could take two days or three days and go and refresh. And when I wanted to resign on Monday, if I said, well, I'm going to see if I can go to the timeshare for a couple of days, by Thursday or Friday, I was ready to pastor you again. I just needed rest. It's not that I didn't love anybody. It's just sometimes when you've got, the, you know, it, this really does happen. The music is too loud in this ear. The music's not loud enough in this ear. It's too hot in this ear. It's too cold in this ear. I was burning up. I was freezing. I mean, you get that all of the time. You get the emails. You get the phone calls. You get people telling you. And you just, I mean, a after a while, it just gets to you. It does. You know, and not that I, I, I just love everybody and, and I'm one of these type of people that I just want everyone to be comfortable, but I realize not everyone can be comfortable at the same time. I just, I get that. I understand. Okay. So that it would get to me. So I'm gripping and complaining to Donna and I told her, I said, you know what? I said, all of my life I've lived for God and I've served God and I've worked for God and, and God had helped us get this time and we just, I, I said, we enjoyed it. It was one of the few things that we really, you know, I could get away for a day or two or something like that. Finally, she just looked at me and she said, hold it. I said, what? She said, you're a tither. Have you ever thought of just asking God to give you a timeshare? You have tithers rights. Who would have thought? You know, fasting and prayer produces results. I said, okay. I'd take that challenge. Next time I was in the presence of God, I just said, God, I sure would like a timeshare. Free and clear. Just give me a timeshare. Was it three weeks later, I think it was, something like that? This lady contacts us and she says, I've got a timeshare in Gatlinburg. I don't know you, you don't know me, but our family's used it through the years and now the family's all grown up and they're all going their separate ways and I just want to give it to somebody. Would you like that timeshare? I said, sure. We'll take it. I said, how much do you owe on it? She said, nothing, it's free and clear. You just got to pay the maintenance every year. I said, we'll take it, praise the Lord. First of all, because... We honeymooned in Gatlinburg 30 years ago, and we like to go to that Gatlinburg and things like that. And so I said, we'll take it, praise the Lord. And so then just a few days ago, we had uh, some people come up to us, and they said, uh, we've been trying to, wanting to talk to you for about a month. And I said, what's that? They said, we have two timeshares in Orlando at the Marriott. They said, uh, we'd like to give them to you. Would you like, listen, four months, and God gave me three timeshares. Totally paid for. Got to pay the maintenance every every you know year or whatever. But the point that I'm trying to make is when you fast and when you pray and when you do what you're supposed to do, you can pray with definite aim and get what you need from God. So within four months... The Lord gave us about $65,000 in equity in timeshares, completely paid for. 
I'm testifying. I'm not bragging. I'm testifying. I'm testifying. Why? Because I'm a tither and I have tither's rights. Because I pray and because I fast and I pray with definite aim. You don't box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. The enemy will war against you. He just wants you to start just flailing your arms around and stuff like that. Go ahead. Let them fast and let them pray. If they're not going to channel that toward anything, it doesn't matter. They're just praying and they're just fasting and it really doesn't matter. But when you line your faith up on something and you say, you know what? I'm fasting and I'm praying for this relationship to straighten out. I'm fasting and I'm praying for a financial breakthrough in this area. I'm fasting and I'm praying for revival. I'm fasting and I'm praying because I need a miracle. I'm fasting and I'm praying for a global awakening of the power of God as it goes all around the world. Then you are fasting and praying with definite aim and you are not boxing like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. So don't waste your fast. Are you hearing me? Don't waste your fast. Don't waste your prayers. Have definite aim. Like a boxer, I buffet my body. That's buffet, not buffet. Like a boxer, I buffet my body. I handle it roughly. I discipline it by hardships. And I subdue it. In other words, I'm telling my flesh no. When I fast, I'm telling my flesh no. For fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and the things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. So we have to suppress the desires of the flesh. We have to suppress the wantings of the flesh. We have to allow the Spirit of God to rise up inside and win. And that's what happens when we fast and pray. When we're fasting and when we're praying, we're telling the flesh, no, and we're telling the Spirit yes. Now, the struggle is real. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 26, we find that's that famous passage of Scripture where the Bible says the, lust, the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other. In that entire passage of Scripture where it's talking about the flesh and the Spirit fighting with one another, God clearly defines how they do it. He talks about two major things. He talks about the works of the flesh and he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. So what he's saying is the flesh is lusting against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh and these are contrary. So your flesh, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, all of that, Galatians 5, 19, somewhere around in there, all of that is going to try to trump love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. So what wins? You choose. You choose flesh or you choose spirit. When you fast, it's easier to choose spirit. When you give your flesh every stinking thing that it wants, hello, when you give it every hi-ho, you give it every Snickers candy bar, you give it every Coca-Cola, you give it every cheeseburger that it ever wants, whenever it wants it, then it's a whole lot easier for the flesh to win because your flesh is used to winning. But if your spirit is used to conquering your flesh, 
then when you fast and when you pray, it becomes easier for you to start receiving things from God. We receive in the Spirit and it manifests in the flesh. Listen very closely to what I'm getting ready to say to you. You cannot receive a beneficial thing in the flesh and have it manifest in the Spirit in a good way. But you can receive a beneficial thing in the Spirit and have it manifest in the flesh all day long in a good way. So you receive your healing in the Spirit, it manifests in the flesh. You receive deliverance in the Spirit, it manifests in the flesh. You receive uh, freedom from addiction in the flesh, it manifests in the Spirit. You receive, you receive freedom from despondency and despair and disillusion in the flesh, and it responds, uh, or in the Spirit, and it responds in the flesh. But if you're receiving things through the flesh and trying to parlay that over to the Spirit, it's not going to work because the Spirit and the flesh are not going to mix. Your flesh can conquer your spirit or your spirit can conquer your flesh. It's more beneficial for your spirit to conquer your flesh, but too many times the flesh wins over the Spirit. Example, 3 o'clock in the morning, your eyes bug open, God says, I've got some things I need you to write down. And you're like, just download it in my memory. I'll write it down in the morning. And you shut your eyes. Galatians 5, 24 through 25 in the Amplified. Last scripture. Those who belong to Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm God's property. I told my wife that once and she said, man of God, go take out the trash. I don't know if I've got time to tell this, but I'm going to go ahead and tell it anyway because it's the second service. But I remember one time when we were having a little tiff in our first church and I was in my 20s and she was barely in her 20s and we had been in a war. I mean, you know, a newlywed war. How many of you know what I'm talking about? She just wouldn't do what I told her. She just... Can you relate? Hallelujah. Jesus. Hey, everybody pray for Charles and Samantha. Amen. But we had been in a war. And I told her, I said, bless God, I'm going to the church to pray. And I walked from that parsonage, and God had blessed us. We'd moved out, out of the storefront where we were, and we'd bought a church, and we had a parsonage and all. But Mom and Dad, I think, might have been there once or twice. I don't know. But anyways, um, so the parsonage was right beside the church, and they're in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And so I stomped out of that parsonage, and I stomped across, and I got in my office and I pulled the chair out and I knelt down and I said, God, fix her. (laughs) I said, she's messed up, fix her, fix her. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, go apologize. 
I said, whoa, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Devil, I rebuke you. You're not going to talk to me during this time. I'm praying and talking to God. Oh, God, fix her. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, go tell her you're sorry. I said, God, I wasn't wrong. He said, go tell her you're sorry. I said, for what? He said, for being you. Oh, I got up, I walked in, looked at her. I saw we. I shouldn't have said those things. We shouldn't have been fighting. She bawled and cried, came into my arms, and she was okay after that, and we were okay. And then I went back to the office and spent some time with the Lord, and I just, when I knelt down, I just felt that attaboy from God. Well, just because you belong to Jesus, it doesn't mean you're never going to fight a battle. It doesn't mean you're never going to have a problem with your spouse. It sure doesn't mean you're never going to have a problem with your teenagers. Just because you love God and belong to Jesus, that doesn't give you a pass on teenagers being teenagers, okay? Those who belong to Christ Jesus, the Messiah, they've crucified the flesh. The godless, the human nature, with its passions and its appetites and its desires. And then the Bible says that if we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward walking in line, our conduct controlled by the Spirit. So let's break this down for just a moment here. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, we know we belong to Him. We've crucified the flesh. I've made a choice. I'm crucifying the flesh. Jesus didn't crucify my flesh. I have to crucify it. I have to tell my flesh no. I have to take that responsibility, and I do that by telling my flesh no with passions, with appetites, and with desires. And I can do that when I fast. When I fast, I am teaching my flesh that it must listen and be a servant to my spirit. Okay? I'm teaching my flesh that the move of God is more important. A couple of days ago, Friday night, we were driving down on 52. Thank you for all of you that helped us undecorate. But when we got through, we were driving down 52, headed home. Donna said, how come you came this way? I said, I just wanted to go for a little bit of a ride. We landed there at that stoplight and Donna said why did we have to come this way I said what do you mean she said turn and look right and I turned and looked right and there in all of its glory was twisty treat <laughs> I looked at her I said honey that looks great but I want to move a God more than I want ice cream right now that's an example of the Spirit putting the flesh down. Would the ice cream have tasted good? Yes. Would it have been sin if I would have eaten it? No. But I want to move a God more than I want ice cream. She said she wanted to move a God more than she wanted a sauerkraut dog. Amen. She wants to move a God. That's what it means with its passions and with its appetites and with its desires. I've got to press that down. We're in a time of consecration. We're in a time of Daniel fasting. We're in a time of prayer. Our focus is the move of God. Our focus is miracles. Our focus is revival. Our focus is God connections. Our focus is God moving in ways that will last lifetimes and will last generations. That's where our focus is. The cheeseburgers can wait. 
and the cookies can wait and the pies can wait and the movies that I normally would watch and the shows that I normally would watch, they can wait. Moonshiners can wait. <laughs> My focus, I'm going to see God move. We live by the Spirit. Let's walk by the Spirit. That means live with a God consciousness. Ears open. Eyes open. Heart open. 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 Lord, I don't want to just walk by. I want to live by the Spirit. I want you to speak to me where I can hear. I want you to touch me where I can feel. I want you to move in a way that I can see. See? All of the senses attuned to the Spirit. Now you can go home and all week long watch Hallmark if you want to. Or Westerns. Or you can get on your social media and live there all week long for our younger brothers and sisters if you want to. But as for me and my house, we're pursuing revival. We're pursuing the move of God. I want to move of God more than I want that next Hallmark movie. I want to move of God more than I want that next Western. I want to move of God more than I want to see how many people liked my last tweet. God more than that. Fasting helps you realign your focus. Fasting helps you realign your passions. Fasting helps you realign your desires. Fasting makes you visibly God's. Did you hear me? Fasting makes you visibly God's. In other words, you belong to God. It's visible that I belong to God. Let's all stand. Thank you for listening to Dr. Jonathan Vorse on Working the Word. We appreciate your love and support. Visit www.jvorse.org to give a gift today. Don't forget to subscribe and enjoy the rest of your day. Always remember, the Word will work if you work the Word. Be blessed.